Hello everyone! Welcome to One More Prime, the Transformers Watch Along. I am Mike Schwartz, a man who wonders what could have possibly happened with Torque 1 and Torque 2. I hope this doesn't turn into some sort of Ultron situation. Kids, did you know that Ultron 11 was created by the Banner during the Secret Wars? Oh, okay. I am joined by my kids Emmett and Elsa, Hello. who don't know what an Ultron is because they don't care about the MCU. Good for them! We are watching Day of the Machines, episode 14 of season 2. It's been a while since we looked at our global analytics. Since we are now in the guest host era, let's see who's listening and where we can reach out. So, uh, our number one, kids, is the United States, okay. uh, 80%. Yeah, expected that. Number two is Germany, 13%. Oh, cool. Brazil, who at one point was like 26% of our listening audience. <laughs> Quite a few. They're only yes. down to three percent, but uh -huh. yeah, come on, let's, let's let's get the Brazilian listeners back up. Uh, and then at a tie for less than one percent, so must be like one person has listened somewhere. If you listen from these countries, then you're less than one percent of that country listening to us. Yes. So that list of countries includes the United Kingdom, India, Australia, Canada, Bahrain, Brunei. Madagascar, Ooh. Denmark, and Russia. So, beside Antarctica, which I they, there might be some listeners down there, potential listeners, uh, we've kind of reached every continent, which is super cool. That's really nice. Now, who can we reach out to? It's interesting that we have Canada, but no Mexico. Even though we are connected to you. Yeah, and also the, the big glaring omission, I think, so far as like Japan, South Korea, China. You? Come on, all our Takara fans. Japan is the, the birthplace of Transformers yeah. or Diaclone and Microman, we know. So I, I guess we'll just we'll just keep doing what we're doing and spread the word and hopefully we'll uh, go into other countries. But the countries that have listened, thank you very much. Thank and you. we'll just try and keep going. Thanks. Do you know anyone in, in Japan? Please tell them that we are making this podcast. Well, hopefully our listenership will uh, increase with this episode because today's guest host is Pete the Retailer. You don't need us to tell you, but Pete is the co-host of one of the best podcasts out there, Star Wars Minute. He and his co-host, Alex Robinson, are currently smack dab in the middle of Solo, a Star Wars story. They break down this good movie one minute at a time. You can also hear Pete on ABCDTOS, ABC Devo, and Alphabetical. Written by David Wise and airing on October 10th, 1985, this is Day of the Machines. everybody uh joining us today is pete the retailer from star wars minute pete thanks for joining us hi thanks thanks for having me uh we are watching day of the machines now i'm assuming you watched transformers growing up or yeah well yeah yeah this, this was prime uh prime uh, uh -huh. um kind of uh -huh. you know after school cartoon era for me i i was I have to admit, I'm more uh, a GI Joe kid, slightly. Okay, um, but then very much into Transformers, the the toys and the cartoon and the comics when they all hit kind of at the same time. And then I um, feel like kind of leading up to culminating in the the movie, animated movie, not not the recent movies, um, which you know saw that in the theater and I was super excited. And then it kind of things started to fade a little bit after that. Yeah, well, didn't G.I. Joe and Transformers, they usually aired back-to-back, -back, I think, in most places. So it's yeah. like, I, I, I'm I, not as big of a G.I. Joe fan, but I, I probably know a lot of it because they're always kind of always together in some way, um, even in the comics. Yep, I was just going to mention that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're reading the old Marvel comics now, and uh, I know there's that crossover. That's in one of the reprints that we don't have yet, but I'm looking forward yeah. to reading that. But the one we just the one we just read, they mentioned Cobra. Tell Cobra we're moving our base of operations. Yeah. Mm. Was it Shockwave? Yeah, it was Shockwave. Yeah. That had a little editor's notes like as seen in the G.I. <laughs> Joe Transformers crossover. It's like, ooh, we gotta get that. Like they're not allowed to put um Marvel characters in like Marvel character main. Yeah, in the reprints. In the in the in like books and hoopla, the reprints. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's the one with Spider-Man 
in right, the black yeah. costume that we I had to get that off of eBay because they didn't they, IDW couldn't include it in the in the reprints. Seems like that would be a you know if you if you're licensing this you know like if you're gonna go put Spider Man in your comic you know when you're making a, a, a Transformers comic Spider Man has to gets to be in that comic for forever you know what I mean like that that it's almost like music licensing. You know, I, I feel like there's a lot of things that are that are unavailable because of music licensing. And it's just like, well, can, can we work something out? Spider-Man was in issue number three, though. Yeah, they put him in right away. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to well, put Spider-Man just... in here. I'm getting imp- impatient. Let's put him in now. Because it's just going to be a four-issue miniseries just to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, eh, let's put Spider-Man in the penultimate one. We are watching Day of the Machines, written by our, our good buddy kids, David Wise. Yeah. Who we, we seem to, we can't stop talking about him. But but this one, I before watching and preparing for this week's episode, I did actually watch the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe episode <laughs> named Day of the Machines, also written by David Wise, to find if there were any similarities. And uh, first of all... Um, it's been a long time since I watched a He-Man cartoon, and uh, <laughs> they may not hold up as well as Transformers. Interesting. I mean, there's all of the animation work from this era. I mean, even going to the going slightly back to the to the seventies, you know, seventies uh, uh, to the eighties. Like, there are so many strong writers working in you know uh, in animation, but then there's a certain, and we were just kind of briefly talking about this before before we started recording that there's a certain kind of uh level of eh, that'll do with a, with with kids animation yeah. at the time you know what i mean yeah it's just like well no, no nobody's gonna look that closely <clears throat> eh, it, it's a toy commercial whatever yeah and yeah, no one basically. will ever watch these again it'll air once and never be collected or they will never <laughs> put up for put free on, on youtube onto a random yeah. <laughs> thing called youtube yeah nobody's going to be obsessing over these certainly nobody's going to make a podcast on it pointing out all the little errors yeah what's right. a podcast <laughs> well in the in the in the he-man episode also named day of the machines there's nothing really there's like robot takeovers and there's um there is one shot of a big robot face on a screen but the plot, he kind of takes he takes elements from that episode and uses them in Microbots, which we've already watched. And then uh, Kremzeek, which is coming up. That's, so it's like little um, annoying little electrical guys mm. that was in the He-Man episode. I guess you can get away with a little bit more fantasy in He-Man. Not that... Not that I didn't, you know, Transformers obviously not hard sci-fi, but, but mm-hmm. you have a certain kind of... You have to maintain a little bit of an adherence to reality, almost like a sci-fi kind of reality. Whereas you can't just have like you know, magical creatures for the most part. Yeah, He-Man is kind of a kitchen sink. Like I forgot how many computers they have in, yeah. in castles and uh, machinery and swords. Like <laughs> also, they use uh, the John Carpenter font for the episode titles, which threw mm. me off. It's like. John Carpenter's He-Man and a lot of synth music. So it was almost like (laughs) I was watching a John Carpenter version of He-Man, but it was, (laughs) it was just He-Man. But David Weiss would also, he would use similar ideas um, of this episode for defenders of the earth. The theme song sounds like it was, it's being sung by Jack Black. It's like Jack Black time traveled back to 1981 and sang the defenders of the earth. song. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't remember that. (laughs) And David Weiss also did this for the New Adventures of Speed Racer, which I don't remember, and the Mighty Ducks cartoon, which I'm aware of, but I, I don't think I've ever seen. No, this there is when go. the when the hockey team came out. They had to have the team, the cartoon, the movies, the McDonald's toys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, that was a not not to turn this into a hockey podcast briefly, but that was a the no, movies came out, and then it was like Disney was one of the players involved in players well, it was you know involved in like oh there's gonna be an expansion team uh, two new expansion mm-hmm. teams and like oh disney's gonna disney's uh, uh, behind one of them they're gonna buy it and it was almost like a joke like what are they gonna call them the mighty ducks and then they did and it was like wait a minute i, w- I was the right i was the right age when that came out because like i love the first movie and then it's like the first time being aware of corporate synergy <laughs> yeah it's like wait a minute there's a team but it's called the same thing as the movie team and then in mighty ducks 2 
when they actually put on the NHL uh, jerseys for like the yeah. final the final game like that it blew my mind i didn't i didn't realize such things were possible well when you're when you're disney anything's possible so let's get into day of the machines um we get the the narrator guy's back he's usually here about it maybe every three episodes yeah i liked him yeah we zoom in on quantum labs they're the security things on the corner they're building kind of kind of looks like laser beak kind of a bird-like surveillance they are the ones who made the real fake birds birds aren't real Oh, right. <laughs> the supermarket near me has these weird things on the on the corner. That's what it reminded me of. And I, I, we were trying to figure out what, what they're for the other day. I think they're just to scare away birds. <clears throat> but they're, they're these weird kind of like spinning little mirror things on the, oh, on the corners of the cameras? roof of my, uh, of my grocery store. No, they, they're spinning too rapidly, I think, to be cameras. They have... Um, mirrors to reflect the sun in birds' eyes oh, yeah. to scare them away. They were mirrored, so that's what, maybe that's it. Maybe they're they are to scare away birds. So, thanks for confirming that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And then we get to a security guard who finds a a gigantic tape deck and a guitar case <laughs> <laughs> on the table. And oh, these he- lousy scientists. Yeah, always forgetful. And then he takes him to the, the Quantum Labs Lost and Found, which oh is in the God. basement. Which is a giant cage, though. Like, yeah. But seriously, though, what kind of scientist would leave around a box, a guitar case, and a giant tape deck? The answer is no scientist, because this is Soundwave and Megatron. <laughs> For a second, I thought maybe there was going to be a guitar transformer that I had forgotten about. but no. Oh, yeah. I want a whole episode on how Megatron got the guitar case. It's like... I, right. They don't seem to interact with humans as much as the Autobots do. It's like, I watched Desperado and had an idea. (laughs) They need, well, I guess now it would just be, you know, Amazon or whatever. But I think I I like the idea that they would have like a, you know, like a Renfield almost. Like the the Decepticons would have like a human to do their bidding who would always be like around and kind of take. Oh, they did briefly. There was Mm -hmm. a Dr. Archiville. He he was only in two or three episodes. Hmm. And he was kind of this Dr. Wiley looking guy. But did Starscream kind of turn him into a cyborg? And then we never saw him again. Yeah. <laughs> so the Decepticons, uh, Laserbeak, Megatron, and Soundwave infiltrate the base uh, so sneakily, but then they just start blowing holes in walls and roofs. And they're yeah. not very quiet at all. Their covert mission goes as far as the guitar case. And no one notices. <laughs> right. But how'd they get into Quantum Labs in the first place? Just Yeah. yeah who mailed them? Yeah. Oh, you think they came but in the they mail? Were set- Oh. They were on a table. Maybe they're just hopping down the hallway when no one's looking. Kind of uh, sneaking. And then as soon as somebody somebody turns uh, turns the corner, they just like pause yeah. there for a second, hoping the whole time they were trying to get into the uh, lost and found for some reason, which is, right. is there some tactical strategic reason to be in the lost and found. I don't know, because they, they're already in the building. Yeah. Yeah. Laserbeak blows a hole in the roof and they're they drop down and they find a uh, torque three. Mm hmm. We don't know what happened to Torque 1 or 2, but he's a giant. Um, kids, remember when we watched Tron? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait, which one? Legacy? The or? first one. The, the one with the big one. giant head. Ma- Master Control? Yes. Uh, yeah. I need to rewatch that movie. Not of, a, not of trope, but there's like a... Uh, I love the idea of a, of a powerful computer has to have a big giant face on it. You know what I mean? Like it's... Like that's how powerful it is. It's got a face. I, I've feel like i need to have maybe i'll just uh I'll, I'll start setting my my desktop background to be a face just to just make my computer more powerful it, it inevitably will will influence you and and take control of you peer yeah. pressure you like hey yeah. all the cool kids are downloading this <laughs> <laughs> they're making you <laughs> torrent right no. yeah <laughs> it just does it for it's like oh hey the people were talking about this so i downloaded it for you the the they don't make a, like Alexas with faces, do they? They may, they, I know they have them kind of. There are some video screen ones, but they just have like a picture or something. They don't, they don't make them with faces. I think if you put googly eyes on anything, <gasps> it'll, yes. it'll work. Yes, there googly you go. eyes. I mean, googly eyes are the number one earthquake detector. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. Is that a fact? Well, <laughs> I actually think so. So Megatron confronts yeah. Torque 3. And then um, his unicorn horn. Yeah. Or I, I looked this up to uh, 
to honor our guest, but he has an R2-D2 scomp link. Mm. I looked that up. That's what R2-D2's thing comes out when he hacks into the ports. It's called oh. a scomp link. Scomp. Yeah. That makes Something. sense. Okay. Skonk. Skonk. I looked it up. I don't think it means anything. But Megatron has it come out of his forehead, <laughs> which we've he never seen before. Do we ever see that again? I don't remember. I, that was a complete surprise to me. I, I didn't really remember this episode very well. And probably, I was like, minute, it, it probably never yeah. happens again. Yeah, it he took me by surprise. binoculars. Right. He has that mace that only appeared in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So Megatron uses his forehead scomp link and a really, really weird animation when he's <laughs> Torque 3 is being controlled. Uh, so almost looks the- like a like clay face or something. Yeah. And he's instantly under control of Megatron. Oh, oh, the, the Amazon box that they came with was full of these uh, circuit linkers, which they're going to yeah. put on all of these robots. And these robots are very cool looking. I kind of wish that they would have transformed. Yeah, I feel like if they had if they had kept these guys for longer, they would have adapted them to transform, I think. Yeah, you for just I mean? kind of drone robots like they every, each one of them is different and they, they all look really cool. Yeah. One of them even has like what looks like feet at the back. Yeah, they they all kind of have like there's that kind of big purple chomping one. We'll see later, and uh, we'll get to one that you might enjoy, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I I also like that the the I I get the idea that they have to, you know, they're supposed to be like sizzling. They're they're supposed to represent somehow that you know the energy on this on these. Oh, chips that weird sound it makes, a kind of like, rattlesnake yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're like they sound like 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 bugs, like insecticons or something. They have that like. It's like, oh, why why are they making that sound? If we're talking about sound, we must talk about Torque Three's voice. Yeah, um, yeah, <gasps> it's a little higher than I would. have I thought. am yours to command. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you know, if if you make it pitch it up a little bit, make it sound a little cuter, it'll people will be less uh, resistant to it taking over. Oh, that's true. You'd think that the most powerful computer in the world would have a really deep voice. (laughs) But it can can be whatever it needs to be, I guess, right? We have seen a bunch of evil computers with deep voices, so something that seems innocent would be good. Yeah, this is actually a little different. Yeah. And then we go to the research lab of Dr. Paul Gates, which I can only assume is a combination of uh, Paul Allen and Bill Gates. The uh, yeah. founders of Microsoft at the time makes sense that they would be, you know, in the news and stuff right around then. So people would start to be aware of of computer people. They're they're having a a, a conversation about you know the power of robots and creating a robot that create all the robots. And uh, like if he turns to the wrong hands, uh, he'll be unstoppable. You, I put in my notes. You said it, scientist. Yeah, really. <laughs> Right. Let's set up the plot a little bit. Let's say he comes under the control of, I don't know, an evil robot. But then one of my favorite parts is where the the other scientist, I don't think he had a name. It's not Paul Gates. Paul Gates is behind the desk. But he's like, you know, we can make robot diggers and even robot filing cabinets. And he pushes a button and the filing cabinet comes out and and Dr. Gates just kind of puts his hand up like, please stop doing that. (laughs) Yes, we heard about it every day. Would you like to see it? The the wiki thing that I saw said his name was Carl Andrews. Dr. Carl Andrews. Oh, okay. Um, whose name is not mentioned in the episode, but it was on the script or the call sheet or something like that. I'll just call him a portmanteau. Cashews. There you go. Cashews. <laughs> cashews. Dr. Cashews. Dr. Cashews. Another maybe unintentionally funny thing. The door slams shut and the doorknob looks like a surprised face with the glowing red eyes. <laughs> Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not in control of myself. Sorry, do- sorry, Dr. Gates. It's the robot doorknob that he's working on after the file cabinet. Yeah. On the Visiphone, Torque 3 takes control. <laughs> and Dr. Gates immediately starts uh, taking apart his phone to kind of hack it. Uh, so then he can call Optimus Prime. The go-to number. Sure. I mean, if you have, if you have Optimus Prime's number, you probably are going to want to call him. There is a precedent for that in Enter the Nightbird. Uh, Dr. Fujiyama, the famous scientist, uh, calls him up. He's the creator of the Nightbird, which is the female ninja robot. Oh. And he, he invites the Autobots to be bodyguards for the presentation. I wonder how many kids have prank called Optimus. 
This is Teletrend <laughs> One. What's your emergency? <laughs> Darn you, kids! That poor guy that has um Optimus's old phone number <laughs> must be getting so many calls. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, he can't be giving that out to everybody. I guess it's just like scientists, like important world scientists. So, so far, it's so. scientists. Yes, right. Skylinks yeah. would have a number. Like, right. Oh, here's my number. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. So then we go back to the Decepticons, and there's a an armada of oil tankers. Armada. <gasps> so uh, they drop the the circuits, whatever they're called. The chips. The they look the, like digital right. camera chips. Or or Star Wars Episode One, the Phantom Menace Comtech chips, a little bit. Little things that they had that made the toys talk. That's right. Yes, but they fire them all onto the oil tankers, which instantly take them over. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Putting the chip on the side of the of the hole gives them complete control of the computers and the navigation. But like, I don't know if there was a yeah, like a, a specific spot they were aiming for because it's like well, first of all, frenzy, which makes me happy. Like he he doesn't get he doesn't show up enough. No, I, yeah, that took me by surprise too because rumbles all over the place. But this is yeah. maybe the second or third time we've seen frenzy. Yeah, I, it, it's all confusing because he was. I think is the toy is this. You know, the, the, Go ahead, Emmett. <laughs> yeah. Toy which, version. Which one was blue and which one was red? In in the toy line, Rumble is red, Frenzy's blue, but vice versa for the cartoon. Yeah, that's it. But then the comics, it was right way around. I mean, depending on what you think is right, but it was the same as the toys. Same as the, the toys, I think. Well, and either way, happy to see him here. Because he doesn't get enough uh, screen time, I don't think. But then he's, I think he's the one who shoots the thing over, right? Or, or they're both out there. I, I forgot if Frenzy or Rumble shoots the thing over and then they, they say, like, oh, direct hit. Like, it Rumble. seems like they were aiming for something specific on the ship. And then Optimus smells. Oh, yeah, his olfactory sensors. Right. His voice is just kind of like rustic and charming enough. And he's just mechanical enough that it's like, if, like olfactory versus I'm sure the first time when I saw this one I might have thought he said old factory like my olfactory senses like, oh, yeah. like that's what the closed caption said yeah oh did it yeah since they're auto generated Doctor Paul Gates uh, on the phone with Optimus and I love <laughs> Optimus just calls him Paul yeah they're oh, they're, they're, Paul. Pals. they're on a first name mm-hmm. basis yeah he's like hang on Paul even you know with with other earthlings you know i'm sure he would have been like you know dr gates or something like that I'm assuming he's a doctor right didn't we just say doctor yeah, yeah that's what the, the, the placard said on his door yeah so so really she he should be like mm, dr gates like but i guess in, mm-hmm. you know in a, if you're calling somebody if you're calling your robot friend and asking for help you're not going to you're not going to be a stickler over titles right he did bow to dr fujiyama after their mm-hmm. their phone call he but did. doesn't know what a ninja is Optimus oh. didn't know what a ninja was, but he did know what a bow after a conversation with a Japanese scientist. I guess he just got like a little modern etiquette and protocol programming, but not uh, not too much a history lesson, right? Yeah, here and there. You can only do so much because then, you know, Megatron, uh, you know, takes over an electrical plant and, you know, you got to put down your, your Duolingo to right. go save the day again. <laughs> but here's here's an interesting thing. Where, you know, after he's done talking with Paul, uh, Optimus is like ready to go save him. He's ready to go like take on the machine. But then Hound steps in and he's like, but Optimus, there's all these oil tankers that are converging on one spot. We think it's the Decepticons. So like, and he's like, that's kind of more important. So <laughs> yeah, Hound kind of averts a world yeah, oil right. crisis. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we'll go check this out. You go check on the computer. But, you know, we, we got to make sure that, you know, billions and billions of barrels of oil make it to where they're supposed to be going and it's also interesting too that the um the decepticons set up a base in the middle of the atlantic that's that's kind of i think this is a different base than we've seen before maybe we, yeah. we've just seen the tower doesn't he say it's at mm-hmm. the bottom of the atlantic or something like that yeah because that's uh, pretty deep yeah the arc is in kind of upper northwest of mm-hmm. the united states and and we never really quite see where the Decepticon bases crash, but we assume they're close by. <laughs> yeah. It's underwater. Yeah. So they're maybe off the coast of, in the uh, in the Pacific. But yeah, this one's kind of smack dab in the middle. But they have built multiple bases. 
as as the show has gone along. One shaped like the Decepticon logo. One a rock spy. Yeah, they got, they got to stay mobile. Optimus kind of heeds um, Hound's warning, and right. he sends. Uh, so it's Hound, Skyfire, and Spike tags along, and they're going to go investigate the oil stuff while Optimus goes to check out the computer. Also, just looking at their roll call again, we're we're getting further and further into season two and we've already had kind of the, the newer Hard guys Warpath. right mm-hmm. um blaster beachcomber sea spray but uh none of them show up in this episode it makes me think like they had a lot of episodes in Land. the works yeah. by the time season two was was made official and uh we we kind of get the old uh the old standards uh, your iron hides your prowls side swipes right. well I, from what i understand from the again back to the the gi joe side of things for a minute that they would have you know i'm assuming they started you know post-production pre-production rather on on a handful of episodes that could be with anybody and then they would get notes from hasbro saying like okay we need to have this this and this and we need to have this this and this and they would just get thrown these new you know okay we need an episode with this new vehicle and these new characters and they just basically you know iron chef it into an episode so there, are, there probably are some like kind of uh, you know connective tissue ones where it's just like all right let's just throw out a couple of scripts that we can have just be anybody so we don't have to feature these new guys good iron chef reference by the way <laughs> iron chef iron hide we got them both <laughs> cross reference and cross promotion mm. there is a free streaming channel pluto oh, tv, pluto TV. Oh, it has yeah. iron chef 24 7 nice I put that on TV when when our dog is having great time in the afternoon and she takes her afternoon <laughs> nap. I, I put that on so that she's uh, she's not sleeping in silence. So she has the uh, the dulcet tones of Chairman Kaga <laughs> put her to sleep. Excellent. This is not a sponsor. No, no we are not sponsored by the Iron Chef, but we wish we were. Personal interest. So the Autobots are having quite a hard time with unmanned drone vehicles, which which was very surprising. Like kind of Optimus kind of gives up fairly quickly like, right away like oh this is terrible we're all gonna die oh that this is where he says good grief i oh, it just came across right. on the on the closed captions yeah they're all getting kind of blasted they're getting surrounded they're being chased by trucks and then uh optimus is like hey we it, it's like he does his like the special code he's like well we're we're in too deep. We need to uh, call in our secret weapon, the Dinobots. Oh, the <laughs> least reliable Autobots. Right. Yeah. If they even agree to be Autobots. Yeah, if they even agree to come, which... True, yeah. That... Autobots bite off more than they can chew. Yes. <laughs> Good one, Elsa. Yeah, now, we haven't seen the Autobots since um, Atlantis Arise. You mean Dinobots. Which, was, which I looked it up, that was um, five episodes ago. What? I mean, they're fairly popular characters, but still. yeah, they're because their appearance is only in the second act. They, 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 they arrive. Grimlock is grumpy about it, like always, and uh, they kind of take care of things, and then we don't see them again. It's like the the uh, they were contractually obligated to show up every five right. episodes. We gotta sell these toys. Guest starring the Dinobots. Yeah, it should in the credits it should it should be and special guest star the Dinobots and it's like a <laughs> like a kind of a circle with their their face in it, right? Yeah, Grimlock, yes. Grimlock. Grimlock. <laughs> and the rest. Well, because like eventually they get a good. I, I mean, I guess people start writing for them more specifically. They get some good, or did that already happen? Do they get? They get. They've good been in quite a few stuff. episodes. Oh okay. yeah, they. They've already we've already had the uh, Dinobot Island two parter. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, it's like once they showed up, they 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 showed up quite frequently, and uh, yeah, then it, it's been five episodes. Hmm. Scarcity, Dinobot scarcity. Right. Leave the kids wanting more. Oh, <laughs> kids always want the robot dinosaurs. Yeah. Obviously, coolest. Oh yeah, and yeah, and the Dinobots do what they what they do best. They they wreck shop. And I, kids, I don't know if you noticed, but I the Dinobots are very weird. Like it looks like they may have animated it, expecting them to talk more. I saw Mom. slags incomprehensible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, their mouths are moving, 
yeah, it looks like they should be saying stuff, but they're just kind of replacing it with just their like. Yeah, they would have had to pay extra for that. Like, wait, wait you just, you know, for 500, you just get done about appearances, you know. Yeah. From me, Grimlock will announce us, but then after that, you know, you want us to talk, that's extra. Yeah, slag. Well, I'm sorry for all those European. Oh, they changed the name recently. Slug. Yes. But he just moves his mouth mm-hmm. all. Yeah, it's weird and like it, yeah. it looks like he's gonna talk. Mm-hmm. During this whole fight, where when Optimus Prime was giving orders and everything, he seemed to be slipping into his his uh, Ironhide voice a little bit. His war mode. Yeah. Well, well, he had a little more of a Southern draw, which yeah. you know, like Optimus. Now we're going. Yeah, Optimus is always kind of. It's safe to say it's kind of based on John Wayne. You know, kind of like a all American. But uh, Peter Cullen, the voice actor, also did Ironhide which is a little more Southern. But yeah, I kind of heard him kind of slipping into that a little bit. I'm sure you could come up with some kind of no prize retcon thing for that. But like, you know, his programming was slipping or something and he was, that's why he gives up so easily. And that's why he was talking, you know, his voice is a little bit off. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the reason why. That's why he called in the Dinobots. He, he yeah. knew he wasn't on his A game. But I was going to say that's, programming that's the exact reason why in transformers animated perceptor talks like stephen hawking oh yeah okay he, yeah Pete, you don't know about this but yeah there's a 2008 transformers animated which is really good we we just finished that that's our dog's favorite show she loves watching it <laughs> but yeah uh perceptor he's the scientist autobot who transforms into a giant microscope but yeah he he had the uh stephen hawking kind of processed voice which is a cool touch which i Hmm. Which I knew from YouTube series Transformers: The Basics. Are you promoting other Transformers shows? No, go ahead. Yes. We, we love that but show. It's good. It's good. The reason he speaks like that is because a lot of his personality components were removed for more space for knowledge, like a Lobot. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. It was, I think, a mail away or something like that at first. But he was there. Were, he was like rare. Or the same with with Shockwave. I feel like there was no official Shockwave for a long time, but I could be wrong. I could be conflating, you know, playground rumors with actual um, Mm -hmm. memories. So um, Optimus saves his buddy Paul. He he has a good line. uh, Need a lift. Going down. He says, going down. (laughs) And and then they have this conversation. Need Um, to enter delicately. Bam! Yeah. He's like, well, you know, Optimus... All our computers are taken over, including the super powerful Torque 3. And Optimus is like, there's only one answer to that, Megatron. And he's right, you know. Yeah. Most problems can be answered with Megatron in the Transformers world. It's really a natural disaster. And the natural disaster is usually caused by Megatron because he's pulling Cybertron into Earth's orbit. And we're trying to, um, there was one where he was sucking the energy from the sun, the Starkiller base. I do like the idea that that there would be like, you know, I, I want to see the episode where it's just like, oh, you know, something bad is happening. It's like, oh, that can only be Megatron. And then cut to Megatron just, you know, having a cup of coffee, just reading the paper or something like that. And <laughs> Autobots just keep going out and thinking that it's Megatron that's doing these bad things. And it, 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 they just happen to be bad things that are happening. It's all coincidence. <laughs> but then the twist would be at the end. It was like, oh, secretly it was Megatron somehow. There's an explosion at the power plant. We need to investigate it. Nope, something overheated. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. Nah, don't worry. The transformer blew. No, an actual yeah. transformer. <laughs> we got this, guys. Exactly. Like an actual transformer, Optimus blasts the door when he says delicately. Oh, his delicate lockpicking technique. <laughs> as with Star Wars as well. Yeah. Right. Like, need right, to lock yeah. it. Need to open it. Kablam. Just same thing. Blast it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then out come the the drone robots. The, the the, the, the well-designed phones. drone robots. Yeah, really uh, neat-looking. I don't know. It makes you makes you think that like oh, they, they maybe they should have figured out a way to return to this scenario more than once so they could uh, they could sell more toys. And then we go back to uh, Hound and Spike who are flying inside a Skyfire, and they get to the 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 oil platform where all the uh, oil tankers are converging, and and there's a big green force field. Mm-hmm. And the only way to uh, to bypass that is they land on one of the oil tankers and in a very uh, Robotech fashion, 
Skyfire Lions. Uh, what's it? Yeah, Gerwalk. Right, the in between mode, like a, a jet with legs. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm legally obligated to not be in this form. Please help me. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, that. Could, yeah, because he. My T cog isn't functioning right. Oops! Almost crossed the copyright line. Almost turned line. into Jetfire. No, no, no. I don't know who Jetfire is. I'm Skyfire. <clears throat> totally different design. Yeah. Was there a reason for that that you guys have discussed? I know. I, again, yes. I, I remember playground uh, rumors and stuff. But was it purely just because they wanted to differentiate between the design that they didn't have an animation license for or something? Or is that I can point you to the intro of the episode where we cover that because I it was mm. it's a very it's very extensive. But it involves Robotech, the cartoon rights, the toy rights, international domestic rights. It's it's right. it's very complicated. They even sure. re recorded some lines that said Jetfire. Mm. Right. Yeah, in his first appearance, uh, they were they thought they could use the name Jetfire, and uh, they had to re-record. Yeah, from what I understand, the 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 Robotech slash Macross rights are a, a nonsense, uh, uh, you know, quicksand pit that nobody should ever get anywhere near. So, that yeah, makes sense. <laughs> that, that, uh, makes sense that that involves uh, that. That's the story behind it. So uh, the guys sneak in. With the tanker, and here we have um, Hook, one of the Constructicons, but he's, he's yellow. G two not... Deco, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, slash G two Deco. Yeah, I have the G two version of Devastator where he's yellow, but he he should be green. Is it Hook? Yes, uh, they do, do refer him in... to him. I know. I know. do. We see him like in a. Do the does anybody call him Hook besides Hound? Because I saw Hound being like, "All right, Hook, you're you know no more oil, Hook. You're you you you're greasy enough or something like that," and then he shoots it, but. I don't. Oh yeah. I think maybe, maybe he's just mistaking a truck for a hook because he's like <laughs> he just landed on a Decepticon base and he's like aha and like that probably happens a lot with these guys that so they start yelling at cars and stuff and yes <laughs> that, that is racist to crane transformers yes, exactly. wait do transformers get car or life insurance oh and wow. even then mega meatball yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you mega meatball. And uh, Spike gets carried away by Laserbeak. As, as per usual. As per usual. He's mm-hmm. u- usually being like mauled by Ravage or <laughs> gets picked up by Laserbeak. <laughs> and uh, Megatron threatens to um, drop him on the rocks <laughs> if they don't drop their weapons. And they drop them simultaneously. I can survive this fall. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea that they would be, uh, like they do that enough. That that's, you know, it's, it's almost like when a, when a uh, you know, a, player from the opposing team gets onto first base and the, the, the first baseman and the, and the runner have a little conversation like, Hey, how you doing? You know, like yeah. the same kind of a thing where like laser beak and spike is just like, Hey, how you been? How's your dad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Hang on. I'm going to drop you off over here. <laughs> Go easy on my left shoulder. I kind of pulled it. Yeah. I gotcha. Was that pick up a bit too much? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah. How's Buzzsaw doing? You talk to him lately? <laughs> um, so then we, we go back to, um, the fight with the uh, the very cool drones. Also, it, it's kind of interesting, like the the robot ethics. So they they call them slave machines, and like mm. we know that they uh, don't they don't transform. You know, do the Autobots know what are sentient robots and what aren't? And even if they're not uh, overtly sentient by talking, like do they do they just not have any robot rights? I mean, well, I mean, uh, I'm answering my Auto own question. Scout, Auto Scout. Yeah, because even like um, Optimus's guy Roller, the little uh, six-year-old oh, yeah. guy in the back of his—it's part of him, though. Yeah, there's that episode where it's like it's his third component. It's one of his three components. Yeah, they say that Optimus is himself, and the trailer and Roller count as parts of Optimus. Yeah, it, it is a little odd. You get into the like, well, you know, droids destroying droids kind of a thing here, but. Yeah, because, well, even uh, Optimus's catchphrase is uh, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. But if these guys, they don't have a robot soul, they don't have a spark, I guess they're just okay to blow up. Well, Roller gets sentient uh, in the IDW comics, I think. Oh, really? He he gets a robot mode. Really? And the Combiner Wars toy line, he even gets the same uh, molds as the one that you have on your shelf, Rook. Uh, Optimus gets um, captured. Right. I got reminded of a comic strip in Mr. Invincible when Ironhide just clogged the pipe. 
Oh yeah, he stuck his finger. He just kind of walks up to it and sticks his finger in it. <laughs> but Pete, have you ever heard of Mr. Invincible? I uh, don't think so. Would you care to explain it, Dad? Oh, see, I haven't even read it yet. I'm, I heard about it on a comics podcast I listened to, uh, 11 O'Clock Comics, but I believe it's a French comic, hmm. and it's about a superhero, but if, uh, you know, the kids, you've read it more than I have, but it, it kind of breaks like the fourth pages. wall of comics. So, like, on a single page, he'll be commenting on things that are happening at the bottom of the page. He'll or be hopping from panel to panel, like, and then the characters in within the comic are completely oblivious Mm-hmm. And no. then they play with like word balloons and perspective. Cool. Yeah, I just I just googled it and I'm looking at it now. It looks pretty neat. Yeah, I bought it and then you've read it and I haven't <laughs> I haven't got to it yet. I get jealous. The, we we said Optimus gets uh, captured. I do like that he's like he makes a point of saying he's like oh, it's a molybdenum alloy. I can't break it. He's wrapped up in that rope, and I was like, is that? Really? Like, would that be a thing? And I, I looked it up, and molybdenum alloys are stronger. I'm like, okay. I don't know. It seems a little specific and odd to just be like, well, this is, you know, here's like, again, my, you know, he's having an off day, I guess. He just is instantly mm-hmm. defeated by everything. He's like, oh, molybdenum alloy. <laughs> my I feel like they face, you know, tougher things than that. Then we get where uh, Optimus goes alone into kind of the, the maze of Torque 3, and then we cut back to spike hound and, and skyfire they're they're kind of in this kind of garbage heap prison sort of right they're just kind of cooling their jets for a while uh nothing really happens with that and then we go back to optimus in the maze he's he's doing what the decepticons usually do and just kind of blowing through walls to kind of <laughs> yeah cut nail, through nail gun robot their back. yeah yeah kind of reminds me kind of like Mega Man a bit like how all these uh like how the robots look and he's, yeah he's kind of caught in a side scroller but you know what one of the robots looks like? A Raftar. Yes. Even the door closes off and the door opens. Yeah. That's the one that puts the chip on Optimus. Yeah. Pete, <coughs> what do you think yeah, of the uh, the Raftar looking robot? Not a fan. <laughs> it doesn't roll, does it? Yeah, it doesn't not roll. That we know of, but you know, this is Transformers. <laughs> There's a lot of rolling. So <laughs> right. I'm sure, you know, as soon as it's off, off screen there, I'm sure it rolls somewhere. So the seemingly mind-controlled Optimus confronts Torque 3. And then Optimus is just sort of like, ha-ha, gotcha. <laughs> right. Like, uh, while you I... weren't looking, I swapped out a fake chip. Yeah. Now, is it right before that? I, I don't know where my uh, three notes that I don't know where they correspond to with the action here. One is when, when Sideswipe, when they first are in the, the, uh, the building... And sideswipe, like they, you know, they hear Torque saying, like, ah, you know, like, like, you know, you, you'll be defeated, whatever, Autobots or whatever mm-hmm. he says. And sideswipe is like, that's Torque. And it's like, duh, like, yeah, like, obviously, like, nobody had a question <laughs> about that. And sideswipe was just like, that's Torque. Like, and I, I guess it's for the kids. Um, but then they do, I don't know if it's, oh, it's, it's when Optimus breaks, breaks free i guess that they get a really good uh from torque he gets a really good like destroy him like it's a really good yes hearty yeah good one of those like uh, it's like oh how how nice and whiny and evil like you need yeah almost uh, like skeletor which yeah. david wise wrote skeletor quite a bit hmm. yeah he gives the order to destroy him and then um <laughs> optimus just like makes a mad dash toward him and then just punches him <laughs> just <laughs> yeah sometimes it's just a punch i'm looking and yeah optimus is running with his fist in the air like he's winding up <laughs> <laughs> like popeye and what, just giving it like yeah, a- yeah yeah right one smash and then um yeah torque three makes a funny noise and he's yeah he's like <laughs> <laughs> and he's done yeah there you go That's the all death screech of torque three and, end of the episode but, <laughs> but no wait because uh, Soundwave tells Megatron, and Megatron's already holding it. I think he was expecting Torque to fail because yeah, Megatron does not surround himself with people that get the job done. Um, they're usually trying to take his job. Yeah. But Megatron has his own uh, control device that will control the uh, the force field. And I was trying to figure out what it looks like. Futuristic City meets Yeti Cooler. I was going to say, it sort of looks like a cooler. It also kind of reminds me of um, 
my old Star Trek The Next Generation Enterprise Bridge playset. Hmm. <laughs> ah, interesting. It, it, yeah, yeah. It had kind of like a like a rounded part in the middle because that was the uh, the screen. Right. I didn't have that playset, but I'm trying to remember. That was for next gen. That's I, I was I was into it. That's when the toys came out. And I remember like for Christmas, that's all I got was this all next gen figures. I know you have a uh, original series Star Trek podcast, but like mm-hmm. I, like with Transformers, I, I haven't watched them in a long time. And like with Star Trek, it's like I, I have I have fond memories. The memories are like watching them on a Saturday afternoon. But this is like 25 years ago, maybe probably even more if I think about it. But like I've never taken the step to like rewatch them again because it, I find it very daunting. Because there's yeah. a lot. I should probably start with the original series. I should probably listen to your podcast, get inspired. And, Good uh, idea. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we've talked about the idea of go because I, I, I'm in a similar boat that I, I watched Next Gen when it was on. And and really enjoyed it then, but I haven't really gone back and revisited much. Same here, same here. And, yep. Um, I I'm a little bit, um, you know. Well, I, I've you know we've we've talked to the guys who we do um, we do ABCDTOS. We've talked about maybe after we're done taking a little breather and then doing next gen. We'll see. So it's a much bigger commitment because there are a lot more episodes. But yeah, well, and that's always like the hurdle that you always hear that like seasons one and two are terrible. Well, that's why we're we're doing them in alphabetical order, so we we get a it's like a mixtape, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, if you keep it like that, okay, yeah. Then that yeah. break things up a little bit. Sure. And also <laughs> to break things up <laughs> is the hydrofoil breaking water, yeah. which <laughs> it's not a hydrofoil though; it's a big boat. Hmm. I think we do see skis uh, in one shot. So yeah, Dr. Gates uh, lends, and, and this could have easily been sea spray or some other Autobot. They they have, in their vehicle modes, they have uh, sprung skis at, at various points to uh, drive across oh, yeah. the water. Somehow they still move. Yeah. Without, it, it's weird. But Spike's dad, yeah. I, I, th- I think he's it's like- It's the fastest thing in the water though. Yeah, I think he's like, you know, guys, I think we should take the hydrofoil, you know, <laughs> so I could drive it. Yeah, totally. And they so, t- <laughs> he's looking out for himself. And and th- that's what like I love when they do the the transitions that are like way too quick. Like they just show him zooming across the water and then boom, next scene. <laughs> and then Spike Spike who's uh exerting a lot of physical strength picks up this giant electromagnet and puts it against the wall which uh captures Ravage and Rumble. There's Rumble. So we do have mm-hmm. Rumble and Frenzy in this episode. And they get pinned against the wall, and Skyfire just punches right through the wall. Uh, they start running down the corridor. Yeah, it's an odd, like that. That escape method doesn't make too much sense if you t- if you think about it too hard. But it's okay. Skyfire's it's like, well, big enough. If you could just punch through the wall anyway, like, why why do you need to? I guess let's make Spike feel like he's doing something. <laughs> Especially if you just have two cassette guys guarding the door. I, I think right, yeah. Skyfire could take them. And now the the idea of you know it's the the classic battle of of magnet versus audio cassette. So that that, you know. Oh right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> my circuits are scrambled. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and then here comes one another one of my favorite shots where uh the three Autobots, well the two Autobots and Spike, they kind of rounded the corner. <laughs> and they're all stacked on top of each other and they find um there's there's our good buddy frenzy with his uh hands on his hips guarding the uh this is the shield generator oh yeah yeah. the thing that makes the thing that makes the big grape slash jellyfish (laughs) the the, the big jellyfish and uh oh they do the old kind of hallway trick where uh (laughs) it's, it's like a pickle play where they get him to run down one end of the hallway and then um Skyfire's at the other end, and he calls him uh, a metal-headed dum-dum. Yeah. They also call him stupid, which is another reoccurring theme. Theme I'm where um. Stupid, I'm stupid. Yeah, it's it's more Rumble because he's in more episodes, but they they write him as being very dumb. Like, yeah. Hey, I didn't know rocks could move on their own. <laughs> yeah, they sneak past him and they they outwit him. I kind of like that where there's just. Uh, Canonically stupid Decepticons. 
Yeah, one of my, uh, I think it's in the movie, right? That's one of my things that I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, there's, there's very, very few opportunities to to use it in polite conversation. But uh, but anytime I'm quoting, <laughs> like I, I will often say like, hey, nobody calls Soundwave unchrasmatic. Like, there's no reason for me to say that ever. But like. <laughs> I, I think it's in the movie when they're kind of arguing over who should be the leader or whatever. And, and somebody's like, says Soundwave is an uncharismatic buffoon or something like that. And he's like, hey, nobody <laughs> calls Soundwave uncharismatic. And he gets all like upset about it. <clears throat> and so I say that sometimes, much to the chagrin of anybody in earshot. Yes. <laughs> just, uh, what'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> Although I think that, 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 the, uh, what was it? Jetfire, Skyfire's line here should be like it'd be great in somebody else's hands i think that like come and get me metal-headed dum-dum totally mm-hmm. sounds like a you know like a great gazoo or something like that like it it, <laughs> it needs to be a little more like dum-dum yeah he's too british to say it he's not american enough to say it yeah right. skyfire or, it, it needs he, to go either way either like a little more hoity-toity with it or a little more like you know grumbly with it a little more like because yeah, Skyfire is sort of, um, he's more of an innocent kind of because he he hasn't he hasn't been around that long and he's like really big, so he kind of reminds me of like a like a big puppy where right. he he doesn't quite know how to use his body, so you know he's super strong and big, but he just kind of flops around a lot when they're young. So Hound blows up the shield with his uh, shoulder rocket, isolated. finally put put to good use, and uh, the shield's down. The Autobots storm in on the hydrofoil. And uh, gun battle, Optimus gets in a prone position, starts firing off the ground. <laughs> Megatron runs away with his um, with his cooler. Yeah, it's almost like a like a cake or like a model of like the Javits Center or something. It's a weird, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. And then at the end, we see the 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 hydrofoil. It moves with the skis down on the platform. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like that—that that was where we see we we barely see the skis down when it's on the water, but then when it's just like on the platform, suddenly it just has like that jet engines work. and can move across the metal with mm-hmm. the skis down. Mm-hmm. We're technically on water because we're on something that's on water, so it still can go fast. That's true. Sure. Transitive properties. Uh, here's how this is resolved. So, Optimus and Megatron have a tussle. Um, Optimus kind of has like a like a judo flip on Megatron. He grabs his <laughs> forearm and flips him. And he has control of the device. And then he he fools Megatron by doing the if you want it, come and get it. And he throws it. Megatron catches it, but then he lands on it and breaks it. He's like, <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do if I saw a cake flying. Totally. I know. Yeah. It's like, he, yeah, he like threw a cake at him and then he no. lands. Yeah. <gasps> cake. And then. <laughs> uh, now, and, and now, you know, Megatron has been defeated in possibly more embarrassing ways. He's been uh, rained on. He's, he's been he, shot with a vertigo ray. Yeah. He, he which, which made him. Yeah. He got hit by foam and they had to retreat. He got hit by a vertigo ray, which he, uh, it put him on all fours and he was making this weird vomiting sound. <laughs> it was, it was pathetic. It was very embarrassing for this. Um, the ultimate bad guy on all fours, uh, try dry heaving was quite an embarrassing moment for him. <laughs> but this is usually the part where they fly away. But in, in this case, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to blow this whole thing up. I don't need it. And, uh, so he kind of presses the, uh, self-destruct sequence good thing to have uh, all, right. all the oil Always. tankers get away do fitchburg evil incorporated <laughs> yeah which is you know i mean i bet howen's probably happy he's like oh, oh the oil the oil's free <laughs> yeah he's very concerned I, he's probably got some you know investments in, in oil company stocks and stuff like that so he's like hey well he's an army jeep so maybe he's he's in the military industrial complex he's into yeah. taking over other <laughs> totally. countries with valuable resources mm. right Yes. Um, so the other Autobots go on the hydrofoil and Optimus uh, Alexis stay behind to make sure that uh, Spike and the others get free. And uh, he finds them. He kind of pulls back a metal panel and he says, uh, hello, Skyfire. How about a lift out of here? 
And you must uh, put all of us in you. Right. <laughs> and then uh and then they fly away and the platform explodes. They were alluding that that this was on top of a Decepticon base underwater. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so it probably didn't affect their base too much, but now they know where the base is, right? Couldn't they just go like, well, hey, you send a bunch of guys over? Yeah. Or there's like just kind of like sinking debris, like big chunks, and then they they have to uh like send out Skywarp and uh, Thundercracker to kind of push it aside so it doesn't fall on their base. <laughs> and uh, so then the episode ends where uh, Optimus and his good friend uh, Paul. Paul, yeah. Dr. Gates kind of insults them <laughs> by saying, you know... Uh, Machines are unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Autobots kind of murmur to themselves. <laughs> like, Un- unreliable? Why, why is that? <gasps> oh, he, I am so sorry. He goes, <gasps> yeah, oh, he's... um... Puts his face to his hands like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> his giant hand. Optimus should be like, lose my number. <laughs> right. Forget this ever happened. Yeah. Yeah, everybody else is just like, who's your friend, Optimus? Come on, he's really... Yeah. He's not the famous scientist, Dr. Fujiyama. No. And uh, so, yeah, then he says, he took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, it was there with my foot. And then they laugh, and it quickly fades to black. Yeah. And that's the end of uh, Day of the Machines. That's before they had, like, a no seriously argument. Like, no seriously, that was really offensive. You should be ashamed. It would be great if they did. They came back from commercial, and they're all still standing there and being like, so that wasn't cool. <laughs> Almost like, the, you know, like the G.I. Joe kind of, you know, knowing it's half the battle kind of thing. And they're like, you know, right. sometimes we use They use that in PSAs. The Transformers yeah. use that in PSAs. It, Which, it wasn't just G.I. Joe. Right. In season two, they produced PSAs, which you can find on YouTube, but I don't believe they ever aired. But you can find a whole compilation. Sea uh, sprays teaching people, teaching kids to wear uh, life vests. Sure. And, Tra- uh, this tracks- one kid is drowning, and Sea Spray's like, well, you should have worn something. Worn life vest. <laughs> Trax is teaching kids not to steal people's cars. Like, hey, don't steal people's cars. Ah, I'm just borrowing it. Transforms. Yeah. You... You dare steal me? Oh, that <laughs> Chase's kid. Maybe we'll do a, a special episode on the PSAs. <laughs> that would be fun. I didn't. Uh, my my. I know he's not in this episode, but my sea spray was the uh, this. I totally a tangent, but uh, when they first, I was it IDW who had it first. Who had the whoever had the license for the Transformers comics? Dreamwave. Back, uh, Dreamwave. Back, Dreamwave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was when they first started it, and it was a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. And they were doing, you know, um, you know, a lot of promotion for it. And one of the things they did, like, you know, if anybody, if if I, I was working in a comic store at the time, and they were like, all right, if you order a certain amount, you get this. If you order a certain amount, you get this. And we we're luckily we were a big successful comic comic store, so we got the top tier where it's like, if you order enough, then you can get a sketch of any transformer that you want by the artist. Who, oh wow! Doing the book, <laughs> and of course we're you know we're we're a bunch of goofballs, so we're like, all right, hey, they're, like <laughs> we got a sketch of any transformer, like what do we got? And we're all just throwing around ideas. We're like Cosmos, I don't know, like yeah. like you know, th- like what, what's the goofiest we can get? And then we we all landed on Sea Spray. We're like, let's let's do Sea Spray. Let's let's. I would love to see this artist draw Sea Spray. And yeah. uh, and then we you know we send it in, and then we get our orders, and then they just sent us back like optimus prime or something they didn't even oh like, man they didn't even acknowledge that we made a special request they're just like whatever <sighs> weirdos and we're like oh man i would love to see a weird sea spray yeah well yeah because i mean they they have drawn them because they sometimes they still use the dreamwave art in kind of like a you know like character directories and stuff and uh i remember seeing a really good sea spray it wasn't your drawing though <laughs> well we're only drawing sea spray once and we'll reuse it over <laughs> and over that's what I think they they drew Sea Spray and they're like, oh, this is too good. We got to keep this and put this in the book. Let's just send this guy one of our Optimus Primes. Yeah, they did make a movie Sea Spray, but they it never appeared in the movie in the movies themselves. Still, the newer movies, the Bay movies. Oh wow, uh, was he was he still a hovercraft? He was still a hovercraft, and he looked so good. Did he have <sighs> his blub 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 accent? <laughs> uh. Did he speak in fish panic? No. 
<laughs> no, that is horrible. <laughs> it, it, he never appeared in the movies, but sounds like something Michael Bay would do. Uh, Pete, before we let you go, um, we usually do a, a one out of ten rating, uh, one out of ten Energon cubes for the, oh. for our episodes. So as uh, uh, we and don't worry, this will not be counted against you, nor will it be re- referred back to. We forget every we don't have a legal system we I don't have any any of this written down so sometimes we go back to them but um you, most of the time we don't just to check how we liked the episodes mm. yeah they're all about the same anyway but yeah. uh pete what did you think of day of the machines i it, it was pretty midland i i, I would i would say it's maybe a tiny bit below the middle for me right so if, mm, if i'm okay. just ranking these on a on a you know the best episodes are tens and the worst episodes are ones. I might give it like a like a four and a half or a five. I'll give it a four and a half because it was a little bit like I feel like it it was a little bit by the numbers for me in terms of like nobody nobody did anything too exciting to to uh you know exert their personality or or in the the story as we did discover the story is, is one that was well used in a million different uh, yes. cartoons by the same guy. <laughs> right. And so, I, uh, you know, it, not really a standout, but it wasn't bad. It was just kind of like, all right, well, no, nobody's doing anything other than the, the handful of weird things that happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, it, I'll, I'll just leave it a regular five right in the middle because it does, I do like the weirdness of like calling Optimus Prime on the phone and then you're on the video phone, but also holding your phone. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I like that. I like yeah. the weirdness of stuff like that. So I'll, I'll just leave it at five. Okay, right in the middle. Um, I'll step in first because I, I I'll go off of that. I, I'm going to go with a six. Um, when I did watch it the first time, I was like, oh yeah, this is this is pretty standard. But like, the more you watch it, the more I was picking up on on things I did like, like the drone robot designs I thought were cool. Um, I liked. I, I'm beginning to like the human characters. Because they they're usually doing like some kind of small weird task, um, so I I, I enjoyed uh, Paul Gates and his hydrofoil and his annoying yeah. uh, colleague with his robot filing cabinet. Um, you you bring up yeah you bring up a point. There really wasn't a star of the episode. Uh, we've been watching some episodes where like uh, one of the last ones, uh, Hoist and Grapple. Where the, oh, wow. the co-stars and those are very you could you could have asked for a sketch of those guys <laughs> and you would have got an optimus like we're not drawing that that guy yeah. either um but yeah there wasn't really a star and, and, and even like um you know the dinobots come in for one scene and they're gone so yeah it was i'll go i'll go with six an extra point for some of the weird the weird bits ditto yeah, yeah. you're I, gonna go with the six as well yeah i'll go with six as well it was an episode, not much to it, just <laughs> recycled plots. Cool drones, though. I, I liked the wackiness of it, yet yeah. some things are like, eh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing that gets me with the drones is like, they didn't have to all be different or look that good. Like, they're drones. They could have just designed one robot and just drew them over and over again but they kind of like like, there was there was some character designer (laughs) who was maybe bored or he had some free time he's like i'm gonna make these things look amazing elsa what did you think six okay well six and a half six okay (laughs) (laughs) i this was not one of those episodes that i am wishing it would be longer because mm. there were so many storylines. It kind of stopped a few times, too, and kind of kept going. Lines. Mm-hmm. I was like, when is this going to end? When is this storyline going <laughs> to end? It's so long. It's funny because the ending of this ha- is similar to Atlantis Arise, which that's that's an amazing episode. That's what that's one of our favorites. But it, al- it also has it where like the the main um, objective is completed and then there's another thing. It, it, the villain tries to blow Yeah, it's the also thing up. yeah, the the bad guy tries to blow everything up in in one one last uh one last try. And uh, Megatron did the same thing here, but um Atlantis Arise did it first and I thought that was more effective because it was a it was a green fish man, uh King mm-hmm. Nergil. That he just he just went crazy. If I'm going to die, you're all going to die with me. <laughs> uh, and his kingdom sinks. So yeah, essentially Oh boy. Killing all of his 
subjects. And they can mm. swim. They'll, they'll be true. in the parachute. Just they'll have a parachute underwater. A water parachute. See, they survive. <laughs> They're fine, okay. everybody. It's the eighties. GI Joe. <laughs> it's like a like yeah. a bubble on a string or something like that. <laughs> uh, Pete, thank you so much for joining us. This was this was very cool f- uh, for us to have you uh, on the show and and watch this episode it, it, five or six as it may be. Uh, it was still <laughs> fun to watch. Yeah, it's totally fun to revisit. I, I got a little bit of that, you know that feeling of being a kid and, and uh, you know, coming home from school and this is what I'm going to do until dinner time. So that, that, that's, that's what great. It is. That's all we're trying to recapture in life. So exactly. That's the objective of our, of our show is, is to, to have fun with this yeah. uh, fun action fact and occasionally <laughs> insane <laughs> cartoon for the eighties. It, it, it's never dull. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wrap up here and, um, we're not going to have a brief programming note. We are not going to have a guest host, even though the guest host era is 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 going strong. But I, I think the next episode is a two-parter, Megatron's master plan. So, uh, you know, we value our guest time and we don't want them to hang out for two episodes in a row. So we'll, we'll handle that. And then uh, we'll have some uh, we'll have some more guest hosts on in the future. So. Uh, all right. So that that's the end. And uh, we'll. Uh, We'll hope you listen next time on One More Prime. Bye. Bye. All right, Bye. we're going to do it. Three, two, one. See you next time on One More Prime. One more Prime. One okay, anyway, more prime. end the episode now. Now. <laughs>